it's going to be a bummer when we have to talk nice about Michael Giacchino in two weeks after <laughs> trashing this gentleman for as long as we have on this show. Well, did you like the music in the, uh, in the world? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're going to have to say nice things then. Yeah. I had to <laughs> issue a public, maybe I'll do it now. I'll issue my public apology to Mr. Michael Giacchino because you did it. It was cool. And I liked the music and it was fun. And they doubled down on Jack Russell as a name and made a joke about it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Korean scroll of all ages, bring a bucket and a mop and welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow Avenging Devil of Hell's Kitchen, Travis, to break down the eighth installment of Marvel's newest Disney Plus series, She-Hulk colon, Attorney at Law, Ribbit and Rippet. Since the release of the San Diego Comic-Con trailer, fans and neckbeards alike have been clamoring for the comeback of the most broody, moody, dark, and violent superhero vigilante tangentially related to the MCU, that being Matthew T. Murdoch Esquire, attorney at law, a.k.a. Daredevil. Now, the show has teased viewers for several episodes now, dipping the proverbial tip into the Daredevil well, until episode eight, when we get that full daredevil penetration, both figuratively and literally. Now, Travis, were you excited to get Charlie Cox back in action this week? And how do you feel about the show neutering him and turning him into a beta cuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've heard in the uh, comment sections from a large vocal. Okay, I I had not seen any of that. I think I had seen some of the defense of it, uh, like just on Twitter or whatever. And I didn't register. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see anything. It's just the defenses of it. Uh, I uh, kind of came at you today when I was rewatching the episode with uh, what I called my hot take, which is daredevil on she Hulk episode eight is more in line with the comic book character than he had ever been in the Netflix series. Sans maybe the Frank Miller stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the more, the lighter stuff, I guess. Uh, like all of daredevil from the sixties to Frank Miller. And then all of daredevil, like post like Kevin Smith trying to pretend like he was writing a Frank Miller comic. Well, when I will say that the, uh, the current run was, uh, I can't think of who was writing it. Uh, was that like as daredevil? That one reads a lot like the Netflix series. Oh, Zdarsky. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. good. Really good. Feels a lot like the Netflix series. I, uh, I've not read a ton of daredevil over the years. The, uh, I know the like the broad strokes of the Frank Miller run. I read Shadowland for some reason, and then <laughs> the I, Daredevil uh, crossover yeah, event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's trying, he's pretty out of character there, so it's not not reading a Daredevil boy. And then yes, and then I read some of the Daredevil run where it's uh, T'Challa as Daredevil, so it's not even. 
Yeah. You uh you hadn't dipped your toes into something I talk about all the time on the show, my precious Marvel Now era run when uh um what's his name? Mark Wade and Mateo Scalero were no, doing No, 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 I haven't yet. Not yet. I I I did give Kevin Smith's uh I Daredevil a uh, try. I I couldn't get into it, but maybe I'll go back to it at some point. Uh, yeah, the, the the Kevin Smith runs funny because it's like, oh, did you grow up in the eighties and read Frank Miller comics? Because I can tell, you know what I mean. That's hundred percent what that is. And like, no offense to the Frank Miller comics. I, again, like Daredevil Reborn, when when even you know when um, David Mazzucchelli was doing the art during the the Born Again and stuff like that. But uh, even when Frank Miller was was writing and drawing Daredevil, that is some of like the best comics of that time and of that era. Like I absolutely adore those, uh, that run. I, mm -hmm. um, you know, sucked its, uh, proverbial teats, uh, for a very long number of years. Um, it's dark, it's broody. It's kind of your classic, uh, bronze age. These comics aren't for kids anymore. These, this isn't your granddad's daredevil, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing, especially like considering it still holds up to this day. And if you like the Netflix show, there's a lot of daredevil to check out. Um, that's in line with, uh, the tone of the Netflix show. Uh, if you like Daredevil this week on She-Hulk, there's a lot more <laughs> Daredevil uh, to check out. It's not the Frank Miller stuff, but I would highly recommend that Mark Wade, Mateo Scalero run. It's uh, weighty. It does have some very heavy th things thematically. That's the run where uh, the Purple Man, Kilgrave, who was the villain played by David Tennant on the Jessica Jones Netflix show, um, his the children's kind of trigger warning for people who are offended by sexual assault here um Kilgrave's whole thing was like he had mind control powers and he was sexually assaulting women for all of these years because he can control their mind the children of those sexual assaults all inherited the same powers and become these little purple children monsters and they are like yeah. a mind control cult very like weighty heavy stuff yeah, to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. <laughs> You know, and they, they don't make light of that at all. And and Matt does deal with a lot of, you know, childhood trauma stuff. Matt's mm -hmm. got the whole, like, I'm an orphan thing going for him, you know. Uh, he's read Batman. They make that joke in that run a lot, too. <laughs> like, uh, there's one part where he's kind of jumping through the streets. I almost said swinging through the streets because he's kind of like Spider-Man, too. Yeah. Um, and some kid points out the bus and he's like, look, Dad, it's red Batman, you know. Um, <laughs> but... I mean, I, I read a lot of Daredevil when I was a kid. It was, um, you know, I had one of those like Marvel classics presents things. I must have gone at like a library or something. And yeah, he yeah. was a character I was very attracted to as a kid. And um, when I was like a little kid, I think I've said this on the show before. I used to like write pitches for superhero movies when I was like five, six years old. And <laughs> you were, how you were talking, you knew it was going to be a big deal eventually, right? Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like we came, you know, into, we were kids in an era when like Batman returns and, and the yeah, yeah. Tim Burton movies, like they were making big superhero movies, but Marvel wasn't, and Marvel was everything to us in the early 90s. Like, mm -hmm. I read a lot of DC, but Marvel were the cool kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> Marvel had X-Men. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I wrote, like, a Fantastic Four script when I was, like, 12, and I, uh, where they fight the Mole Man, and uh, 
I wrote a um like a treatment, I guess you call it a treatment. I don't know. But I wrote like my dream cast and I, I had David Duchovny as Matt Murdock. This is like a ninety-six oh, yeah. David oh, yeah. Duchovny. That's like who I always read Daredevil as as a kid. And again, like I never thought of him as like the broody character. Cause again, like I we weren't teenagers when the Frank Miller run was out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I came into that book as a teenager and into young adulthood. Um I've seen a lot of complaining about Murdoch on the internet uh, in this episode because he's significantly jokier mm-hmm. um, and sillier, well, and he's having a good time, basically. I was going to say, he's also out of his, uh, his, his home area. He's probably free of stress, and he's on vacation almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. going shopping. That's like why he's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also like we don't know. Uh, like, and we how, do see him joke some whenever he's just talking with Foggy and Karen. Some. Yeah, yeah, and we see him horny like a lot <laughs> in that show. Like he's got four girlfriends on the mm-hmm. Netflix show, right? He's got Karen, Rosario Dawson. And Electra, right? Yeah. 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 We also get the rematch of the decade that we've all been waiting for, which is um Daredevil versus a hallway scene. Um <laughs> <laughs> the way this show continues to kind of like not only subvert tropes of the sitcom, not only subvert tropes of the superhero genre itself with the fourth wall breaking, it started subverting the tropes of the netflix daredevil yeah 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 Yeah. when they're going to give you a hallway scene and they do but just not the one you're expecting no it's quickly interrupted they give you a little a tease a taste yeah yeah a little taste they put just the tip into the hallway (laughs) um they uh jen makes a joke at one point she's like wow you're so brooding you know like Mm -hmm. that too um i well, we know Charlie Cox is coming back for an 18 episode uh, television series coming to Disney Plus with Daredevil Born Again next year. Do you hope it's more in line with the character we saw on She-Hulk this week? Or do you hope it's season four of the Netflix shows? <laughs> I would have been fine with another season of Daredevil, but I'm also fine with this pressure take. Uh and it okay. is, they're never going to tell us whether it's still the same character. <laughs> and, no. And it no. doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I loved this episode and just take on the character a lot. So, yeah, I, I'm completely fine with it. Also, multiverse. I just keep telling myself it's a multiverse. So, I, uh, I yeah, just hand wave it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. hand wave it all away and everything will be fine. I agree. Um, the. Uh, Comparison I saw a little bit too was Fisk felt different in Hawkeye, right? Yeah, he was uh, just from like a power level. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. He's like just, yeah, he's much stronger. He's, and I don't know if he has powers there or if he's got a special suit or if he's just working on comic book logic of he's so, he's not fat. He's, he's all muscle. So therefore he can. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get hit by a car and me falling. Yeah, and rip the door off of a car, right? That's something that Yeah, he gets shot with an arrow and like pulls it out, right? Mm-hmm. That was something he does uh, on that show. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's Adam like whatever, it's yeah. armor, it's armor blubber, right? Isn't that like yeah. what it is in the yeah. comics? Yeah, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Yeah, um, but he didn't seem as different as Murdoch really did. Kind of. Does that make sense? So it's uh, like, I actually would say Kingpin's a little more different. The Hawaiian shirt. I, I, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that is comic accurate. It's from a very specific little uh, mini series. Yes. Uh, Last week we went on a pretty long winded intro about our love of CD. D minus oh, yeah. uh, F level supervillains and superheroes such as uh, the porcupine <laughs> and the man bull, the one that we just were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were just talking about the man Fibian before going on the <laughs> air. <laughs> Not even part of the podcast, just in our free time there. Yes. Just, yeah, just in our free time, we had a little discussion on the Manphibian, a character that I hope uh, we'll probably talk about a little bit more on our uh, Werewolf by Night episode before Halloween. Um, but this episode introduced the character of Leapfrog, who we thought was going to be the Frogman, right? I, and Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... That's what I think of whenever I see a frog-themed uh, character in Marvel. Um, and it's just, like, from the anime. I had, like, the Spider-Man Seek and Find book. Uh, oh, like, cool. Where's Waldo with Spider-Man and a bunch yeah. of, like, miscellaneous characters. And those guys were in a lot of those uh, pages, so I remember them, yes. My dentist had that book. Oh, um, yeah. There yeah. was an X Men one too, which was yes, there was. I resisted the urge to rebuy them monthly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. I just want to get the pictures online. <laughs> kind of fun thing I ordered this week. Uh, I know I mentioned to you. I was like, I'm, I'm spending all this money on artist edition things, mm-hmm. and uh, I almost I bought the Todd McFarlane Spider Man artist edition, which just came out. I'm so excited to get this big ass hardcover of uh, <laughs> Uncle Todd's beautiful links. Uh, but I almost got the Jim Lee X-Men one, right? Yeah. And then I thought, like, eh, this probably isn't as interesting because Jim Lee is more of, like, a penciler. And I'm not, like, I love Jim Lee. You know, like, don't get me wrong. But yeah, yeah. And when I think of the X-Men and my childhood, that's who I think of. But I also think of trading cards when I think of the X-Men and my childhood. And my childhood because that's how I found a lot of those characters were from the old... um Marvel top sets and the toy yeah, biz yeah. sets and stuff like that. And I found a uh, paperback that just came out. That's Jim Lee's X-Men cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I The trading cards are another thing that I have to resist years by. I broke down and bought one set of them a while back, but yeah. The whole set? <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh. One set. One set. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I used to have, like, all the sets and uh, 
that was one of the ways one like before wikipedia existed the way you found out about everything was like the one guy on the bus who you never knew if he was telling the truth or not you know what i mean <laughs> the same guy who'd be like you know that marilyn manson's actually the kid from wonder years and he can suck his own dick and it's like who started this like no that's not true you know thank god for wikipedia uh but also like through trading cards is like how i found out like those uh who's who of the marvel universe yeah books. yeah and the uh the marvel equivalent of uh, uh, the official handbook. Yes. 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 The DC one was the who's who. <laughs> yes, the DC one's a who's who. My mom still buys me those every year too. Um, and That's a good gift. Oh, I mean, great gift. It's better than Wikipedia, honestly. Yeah, I know they. <laughs> it's bigger. It it hurts my crotch when I hold it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but. I bought the the Jim Lee X-Men cards and, and I'm really excited for that because I have such like a fondness for those specific images. Like that image of Magneto yeah. with his hand out is like the what actual, I actual the, the book collecting them or, or the actual cards? No, the actual it. book collecting oh, them. Wait, yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering about that one too. Yeah. I, yeah. Can't maybe, that as well. <laughs> maybe we'll review it in December if uh, nothing comes out. <laughs> we had that one week where it's like, well, we can't talk about Avatar for two weeks. Like, do we <laughs> talk about Knives Out or what do we do? Yes, yeah, so uh, let's, re- let's review this book. Uh, let's review this, this book. book that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing that we're an audio medium. <laughs> it would be a beautiful, beautiful episode appealing to no one except for me and you, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but Leapfrog is tangentially related to the frogman um leapfrog is a villain i think it's the father of frogman oh or something along those lines and he stole his suit like i know very little about this character other than like what you said where i kind of had seen him uh in training cards and in the yeah, world yeah, you see, i yeah. I wasn't familiar with this uh, leapfrog. I know, you know, he's like a Daredevil character, I guess. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, beyond that, yeah, he wasn't in the Tchalla run. I don't guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That super serious character that is Daredevil, the villain, Leapfrog. You know what I mean? <laughs> Still, man, he's that's another Daredevil fucking guy. Yeah. So is Man Bull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I I thought Leapfrog was was pretty funny here. The episode starts off with um Is he got a good catchphrase? That's all you need. Yeah, ribbit and rip it sounds <laughs> like something we would say, which I appreciated. Um that sounds like if uh, they made a uh frogman or a leapfrog ep- like a series for Disney mm-hmm. Plus, uh, how we have those stupid names like the multiverse of radness yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that sounds like it would have been something that you and i would have fucking thought of as our our spinoff name but uh it's like this minor robbery some people are stealing like hd tvs <laughs> from like a best buy yeah. leapfrog shows up fails miserably can't do a goddamn thing against these guys and then when he realizes uh he's overpowered after failing miserably he ignites um like jetpacks in yeah, his jet boots. Yeah. Yeah. To, to leap away. That's like his thing, <laughs> I guess. Um, and they end up, um, blowing up essentially on him, and like his, his suit goes on fire. Yeah, so he gets third degree burns. You know, I can never remember if first or third is worse with uh, burns or felonies. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think third is, is the worst. Uh, yeah. I think fifth is as bad as it gets. Right. Totally. 
Yeah, it's like hurricanes. Like a category one isn't so bad, but a category five is very bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, turns out that this guy is represented by GLK and H, uh, the law firm that Miss Jennifer Walters, aka the She Hulk, works for. So now this idiot leapfrog is going to Jen to file a lawsuit against the person who designed the costume, uh, which we find out is Luke Jacobson, the same person designing Jen's suits. Super suit. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll just, yeah. Yeah. Her yeah. Special yeah. Occasion stuff. Yeah. I was saving the super suit. That was originally going to be my intro and I was going to forego even mentioning daredevil was on this episode because we finally do get Jennifer in her fucking superhero costume this week. And only took eight episodes, but at least it wasn't the finale. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Still could have given us Hawkeye with this stupid mask, though. <laughs> Just when I think you're saying the stupid mask for uh, Wolverine, though. Yeah. God, I hope they do. <laughs> uh, what if Nikki is Wolverine? We, I may not be able to do the podcast if they don't fucking give us the silly Wolverine helmet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> People would hate us if all we did when they finally bring Wolverine back is complain about it because they didn't have a stupid helmet. That may be what the podcast is if it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and and it should be at that point. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I mean all the characters. Yeah, bring Wolverine back in a Deadpool movie. That's someone can get away with a silly mask in. A hundred percent, and like, and you can make a joke about it, and then pretend like it's not a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. um. So Jen kind of thinks like this is a conflict of interest and goes to her boss, Holden Holloway, saying, listen, the guy who he's filing a lawsuit against is the only person who can design clothes for me, considering my very specific situation. And he's making me this uh, dress for the female lawyer award thing, yeah um but it turns out that leapfrog's dad's a very important client of the firm and he specifically requested she hulk as a lawyer so the boss won't let him get away with it um her intention though is to take care of all this out of court so she can prevent it from escalating and she goes to meet with luke jacobson the fashion designer who we'd previously seen on the show to settle these things outside of court but jacobson is furious and um you know just the idea that he would make a defective suit um is ludicrous i like this actor playing luke jacobson i think he's very fun yes i yeah yeah just um that in the dialogue he has is fun he delivers it well it uh just having a sassy character who's (laughs) You need it. Yeah, it helps yeah. so much. Like, and she holds supporting characters all great, apparently. Uh, we get a little bit of Pug. Like, I feel like we kind of lost track of him. I thought he was going to be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's in two seconds of this, and he, he manages to be memorable. Him and Nikki, obviously. Uh, yeah, he steals the show for the two seconds of it that he's in, which we'll get to later. But yeah, I was I was stoked to see him back. He is having a blast, and I love that guy. Um. Yeah, so She-Hulk kind of gets miffed. He says, I'm not going to design any more clothes for you, and I'll see you in court. So we cut to the trial, and the guy, Frogman, is like a total idiot. He's like playing with shit and slouching and sticking his feet up on 
rich people are fucking crazy, right? Like when, <laughs> so, yeah, once you reach a certain, um, um, oh, fucking like level of wealth, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just, yeah, no one's telling you no anymore. So you're, yeah, you're sitting in court with your fucking feet up, like what <laughs> the fuck? You show up to court in a t-shirt, like what uh, the fuck? You know, I always went in a jumpsuit myself, but I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wear my black ski mask into the courtroom. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. So Jacobson is sitting there all by himself. They're sitting there essentially saying like, what are you representing yourself? No, I wouldn't be that big of an idiot. My lawyer's just running late and enters Mr. Matthew T. Murdoch Esquire, attorney at law representing Mr. Luke Jacobson. And we get a lot of snappy lawyer jargon here, and I love yeah. that. I this absolutely adore this. Any interest with like a joke about parking? I haven't trouble finding a place to park. And Jen's uh, fucking leapfrog laughs uh, at the joke, so he's 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 even being charmed, even though this guy is going to try to screw him. <laughs> Well, this guy is so fucking charming. Like that's Daredevil's entire thing. That's like Murdoch's entire thing. Like Murdoch and um, nah, not so much. Cl- no, actually, like Clint Barton and Murdoch are kind of like the two ladies men of the Marvel universe, in my opinion. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, Spider Man. So you have to. That be in there. Human Torch also. Yeah, but yeah. Human Torch. Spider Man only has so many love interests because he's been the main character of the Marvel universe for uh, 60 years or whatever. <laughs> and Spider-Man like just lucks out that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You just made his girlfriend a supermodel. Like, you know, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 He almost, he doesn't count really. There yeah. was not, not popular, but still manages to. <laughs> yes, exactly. He will charm the pants off anybody in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, there's kind of that great, issue in Matt Fraction and David Aja's uh, Hawkeye run where Daredevil, uh, Jesus, where Hawkeye has to deal with all of his ex-girlfriends all at the same time. <laughs> you remember that? Yes, yes I do. Yes I do. Yeah, and it's like Mockingbird, Black Widow, it's like all of them. There's like five of them. You know, I think uh, Madam Mask might have been one of them. You know? Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and they share a few. I, I think Black Widow is definitely one that Hawkeye and Daredevil have both hooked up with. Yeah, Daredevil and and um, Black Widow dated for quite some time mm-hmm. during the 90s. Like, that's where I first was kind of introduced to Black Widow as a character. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, that <laughs> might have been my first encounter with Black Widow was reading Daredevil in the 90s, you know? Um, which is is kind of fucking funny. Um, it's I think in mine the- was uh, that that fucking uh, Captain America, Wolverine, Black Widow uh, issue from X Men. Oh, that that's Jim Lee's Jim first. Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. The- <laughs> Jubilee rips in that fucking issue. By the way, I don't remember her being in it. I I want to say Sabretooth is in it, or maybe I'm. Um, Mixing it, it up with another uh, as far as the story itself, but yeah. I don't remember, but like I've gone back to that issue recently and rereading it. All I'm thinking is 
Jim Lee wanted to make Jubilee Carrie Kelly in the worst <laughs> way. She's got the attitude. She has the move. She's got the jacket, you know, yeah, the sunglasses. The uh, X-Men 4 of his run. Uh, the first appearance of Omega Red. My favorite thing about that cover is uh, Jubilee's facial expression. It's just very, uh, very animated. Very animated. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that cover is so iconic, though, with uh, Black Widow and Wolverine. Like, oh, yeah. he, he did. So, I mean, I know we started off the podcast saying, like, I'm not crazy about Jim Lee. And now I'm just like, I love <laughs> you. Did I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the way Jim Lee was so good at reminding you how small Wolverine was. You know yeah, what I mean? He's like hunched down. Yeah. Yeah, where he he's tiny, you know, you know, you can tell like this guy's only like five foot two, five foot three, but he's still big. He does the big slouchy stuff. And it was such a great way to like show off his back. And like, I don't know, maybe I take everything back. He has knives in his hands. Yeah, he's (laughs) a mortal guy with knives in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, This legal jargon was incredible. Like she hulks essentially her case was going to be to kind of prolong this thing by bringing out witnesses of previous clients of Mm -hmm. Jacobson and Matt Murdoch's defense was that, that, you know, he's in such a particular circumstance where the clients that he has are all super powered individuals or vigilantes and compromising their identities, you know, would be a bad situation for yeah, everyone yeah, involved. Them and their loved ones at risk. Yes. yes. And this is where we kind of get the MCU canon drop where yeah, the Sokovia like, Accords are no longer a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the uh, the closest thing to an Infinity Stone being revealed pretty much where it's, it progresses the plot of the MCU, the universe itself, forward a little bit. A lot of it, you know, and yeah. and it's it's something that I know, like Which I've heard. Judaism is illegal in this universe now. <laughs> yeah, they can get away with whatever they want, you know. And I guess now we can kind of just accept that there are a lot of heroes that were probably running around during Infinity War and Endgame that were not in those movies. Uh, yeah, or maybe they sprung up during that time. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when do you think they were revoked, the Sokovia Accords? <laughs> oh, I, I don't even want to hazard, I guess. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, like we've talked about it Good. before where uh, I don't want timestamps. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just before this, after that. That's all I want. Yep. And it timestamps really bother me because it kind of feels like it's uh, putting a noose around the continuity of it all where yeah. like if you start time stamping things and you have to start People getting going to start doing the math. And yeah. Or the writers are going to have to start being remembering it all. Yeah, yeah. There's no more wiggle room here. You know what I mean? Um, but the Sokovia Accords being revoked is, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, you know, <laughs> there was the whose side are you on thing uh, during the civil war events. And, it kind of As, removes the stakes a little bit from it, knowing how it worked out and where it's like, oh, that didn't really matter all that much other than the conflict between our heroes and them being divided for when Thanos arrives. Yes, we wanted to get from point A to point B and this yes. did the job. Yeah. yeah. But that's comic book writing in a nutshell. You know Absolutely. What I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, I was kind of like staunchly team Iron Man, even though he was going about it kind of like a dick. I'm, uh, <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm leaning pretty far to the left in a lot of ways where, um, the idea of what Captain America was trying to do seemed like a Randy and cream dream to me. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's kind of like, it's such like a death wish, Charles Bronson, <laughs> right wing fever dream. You know what I mean? Uh, I know. Cap, I, uh, are you just yeah, cause you yeah. like him? Just cause you no, like him. No, no. Uh, what I meant stands, it really, for me, it just shifts the, the blame. At some point it's going to come down to one person uh, or I guess a group of people that are making the exact same calls an individual would make. And you can't hold those people uh, as accountable eventually if they sure. go corrupt because they're yeah. at the top of the heap. And Captain yeah. America is just a guy, a soldier. I I get, the, uh, I get that. And yeah. that's the floundering uh, and the downfall of a lot of like, left-wing ideologies when they're implemented so hard like you know like the idea of like a socialist state is a good thing essentially if it was actually like a democratic socialist state where the people were getting individual care and needs and wants based on the actual needs and care and wants that they deserved and it wasn't the people at the top saying no this is what you want you know what i mean (laughs) and that's when left-wing ideology falls kind of hard into borderline fascist ideology but then Mm -hmm. on the right who's to say that like if superman was a fascist he wouldn't do what he happens in the boys you know what i mean with homelander you know i don't think that real world politics uh are a perfect fit for the comic book or the superhero medium because of the types of stories we're telling where people punch each other constantly and yeah it's not a natural fit and we uh i don't know i i have a hard time with that part because it is they're morality plays, but they're not uh, real world morality where you can't just solve everything with violence. <laughs> yeah. And there's examples both on the left and of the right of, mm-hmm. you know, creators using superhero stories in the framework of comic books to discuss those ideas. Like on the left, there's the Watchmen, right? And yeah. that's like the perfect dissection of like, what if superheroes existed in real life at a very specific time, where would we be and how would it have worked out? And it's the the downfall of, you know, society because like superheroes are fascist assholes because they have all the power, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's Frank Miller to the right with the Dark Knight Returns where, you know, what if Superman was the pawn straw man of like a pussy left wing government and couldn't get the actual job done. So we needed the Charles Bronson death wish Batman yeah. to to be like the people's cop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I was poorly trying to convey earlier, I think, was that the reason that the superhero things don't work is because they're idealized in a sense, because there's always a hero to go against a villain where in the reality yes. there may not be uh, someone that <laughs> yes. a, a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun in comics that happens but not yeah. in reality very often yeah. 
Exactly. Like Kyle Rittenhouse. Fix your fucking gun laws, America. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Fix your gun laws, America, please. Um, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it, it's fun because you can use these stories as moral plays for the current environment, though. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, take the broad strokes of something actually happening in the social or political environment of that time apply you know some far-reaching uh super fantastical ideas to it and it's like it's that's the fun of speculative fiction you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and then you can take like as people are going to hate this you could take like literal social justice warriors for either side throw them into the story and have those ideologies facing off again yeah yeah exactly it's why magneto is the best character (laughs) um and i'm excited for him it's also why these kinds of scenes are really fun you know and and using superheroes within the confines of like an actual legal system is really fun and it's hard to believe it, but it took until 19, uh, sorry, 2014 for Jennifer Walters and Matt Murdock to ever face off in the courtroom. Uh, that was part of the um, Charles soul and Javier Polito uh, run mm-hmm. on she Hulk from my precious Marvel now era. And um, she Hulk was representing captain America or one of them was representing Captain America for like a war crime that he may or may not have committed in uh, World War II. But Cap hired both of them because he wanted like the best defense and the best prosecution mm-hmm. that existed because he wanted like the fairest trial possible. Um, it's a really fun issue. That's a really fun run on She Hulk where like we've essentially recommended three. She Hulk comic book story arcs for people to read. One you really hype up is the John Byrne run. Yes. Right? Yes. Tonally, it kind of invented She Hulk um, and what her character's like full potential could be, and a lot mm-hmm. of like where we are now with the character. Uh, the other one is the Dan Slot run from the mid aughts, uh, which a lot of the show is taking inspiration from that is the longest running She-Hulk run, I think, of all time. Dan Slott's written the most individual issues yeah. of She-Hulk. Um, yeah, it can be a little confusing. I think I think the uh, original Sensational, or the burn run, he's not writing the entire thing, but it ran for like 66 issues or something, but I think he's only on them for 22. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's like... It was a longer run, but it didn't have a single creator for the yeah, entire thing. Yeah, yeah. So it like shifts tones kind of rapidly throughout. <clears throat> and then there's the um, the Marvel Now 2014 run by Charles Soule, which is a fun run that I really dug. Um, one, because the writer is an actual lawyer. That's like Charles Soule's day job. And he moonlights mm-hmm. as a comic book writer, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Long Island native. Um, and yeah, this scene without the captain america is kind of straight out of that um and then matt murdoch i guess uses his super smell to ask (laughs) leapfrog what kind of fuel he used in his boots and leapfrog kind of boastfully says jet fuel bro which was strictly against luke jacobson's instruction manual uh, thus proving uh, Jacobson's innocence because he used it 
inaccurately, right? It wasn't the yeah, suit's yeah. problem. It was this idiot's problem, right? And uh, Jacobson confronts uh, Jen before leaving the courtroom saying, wait, I'll wait, never wait. work for you again. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Murdoch, he points out that... Uh, oh, yeah. Murdoch says that he's lying because it's obvious he's lying and Murdoch's just underestimating normal people's ability to pick up on the social cues with lying. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that bit. It, it cracked me up. Yeah. The judge's uh, retort with that, like, yes, we know he's lying, Mr. Yeah, Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah, was... Fucking idiot sense, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, just, just the grin on, his, on Murdoch's face when he... Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I mean, Charlie Cox is, like, delightfully smug throughout yeah. this entire episode. Yeah, it, it's very throughout, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you have to have the confidence that this guy is bestowing to do what this guy does. You know, he's a great, great actor for this role. Mm-hmm. And you watch Boardwalk Empire, right? Isn't Charlie Cox part of that show? Yes. Yes, he is. He uh, murders someone with a garrote in graphic fashion. Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Or he gets murdered with a garage. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for a 10-year-old show. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'm usually good about it, but yeah, uh, you've had your time. Stardust is the thing that I saw him in first. Yes. I'm I'm sure you thought I was going to mention it sooner, but yeah. Yes. And I know you're a huge fan of that movie. Yeah, yeah. I am. It's uh, it's pretty much the Princess Bride. Uh, Tonally, at least. Yeah. It's a Neil Gaiman adaptation directed by Matthew Vaughn, right? I think you may be right on that. Uh, and I like Matthew Vaughn. Like he did uh, X-Men First Class and then Singer came in and said like, no, 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 I'm going to take this franchise back. Um, and they yeah. let him. But I liked the tone of First Class a lot. While I don't like love that movie, I mm-hmm. like what it was doing. You know what I mean? Like we've always said like, you know, and I hear people say, Oh, I wish they would do a fantastic four movie set in the sixties or a Spider-Man movie yeah, set in yeah. the sixties. And that's like what first class did. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> they used the background of the Cuban missile crisis. You know, it was mm-hmm. interesting. Like, did they need to introduce like, what were some of the characters in that? Like angel and Darwin. Darwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a uh, uh, pixie and, Ah, Azrael, maybe? Azrael is in that. Like uh, Nightcrawler's father or whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Uh, January Jones is your girl, Emma Frost. I wasn't going to mention Emma Frost. She looks like the character great, but yeah, it's not a great characterization. No, because she's like essentially a box of rocks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah. No personality, just, yeah. Just really, really hot. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. your one takeaway from reading X Men books and Emma Frost. Yes. Yes, is that she's a smoke show? Then here you go. I guess mm-hmm. you know. I guess uh, I I really haven't read enough of the X books pre New X Men with where she showed up. I guess. So, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like post. Uh, what's their names? The Cuckoos, right? Where yeah, that was. Yeah. Like, that I'm, was all I'm sure the, that I've read books with her, but she didn't really stand out until New X-Men. And that like, I don't love the New X-Men run, but... The as much as like, I do? Yeah, yeah. Her character is great. Uh, 
It should be an Inhumans book, though. Those those fucking weird mutants are Inhumans. You can't tell me different. <laughs> I love uh, Cassandra Nova, though, the bad guy in that fucking run. No, yeah, yeah. Like, really gross and really cool, and Frank Whiteley looks like... The, I, I don't know. I like that book a lot, and it kind of reinvigorated my fandom for reading comic books, kind of. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, at that point in time, when New X-Men came out... Uh, before that, I was reading like um, JLA because Morrison was writing it and like Savage Dragon. And those were like the only books I was picking up were <laughs> like random stuff by writers I liked and like yeah. Savage Dragon. And uh, and that got me like back into picking up Marvel. And then like Civil War happened and I stopped reading Marvel again. <laughs> That's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they gave the reins to Mark Millar and I stopped caring. Um what what's it so after the trial um jen goes to meet jen goes to a bar and murdoch's there and he orders her an apple an apple teeny as like a peace offering because mm-hmm. it's green did you notice murdoch's drink was like red looking by the way no no i did not i did not i i guess i don't know how you even know an apple teeny is green oh, yeah because it's apple flavored. It's green apple flavored. He has never seen it. No, oh, that's true. That's true. true. He was always blind. He was always blind. Maybe somebody. T- I don't well, know. Well, I mean, he was a kid and he had sight. So, yeah, he's seen an apple. Yeah, but apple teenies seem like a fairly new invention. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd never heard of an apple teeny until like fucking <laughs> 10 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you do make a good point, and uh, this is a logical that we should write to Kevin Feige about, or <laughs> maybe we could write a screen rant article all about it. <laughs> no, oh, no, I'm going to save my one uh, little nitpick for later in the episode. We should have a section called Picking Nits, basically. <laughs> um, uh-huh. The name of the bar I just remembered is Legal Tender, I think, right? I didn't even I didn't catch it I didn't catch it I should have I should have uh. yeah it's something cool um so Murdoch and Jen have this little friendly chat right and mm-hmm. it's kind of horny like the vibe is there right like they're yeah, hitting yeah, on each other how you, he helps he get pants on stuff like that yeah that was a good line mm-hmm. um, this, all the exchanges between She-Hulk and Daredevil's episode are Super fun. Yes. Did you think it was a missed opportunity for them to go outside and have a fight on a playground with uh, children <laughs> on a seesaw having a sword fight? Uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good without it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I watched that movie fairly recently, like a year ago, I guess. Um, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered. Oh it, yeah, yeah, it it's not great or anything, but uh, it it you can watch it. It's fine. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The music is horribly dated, though. Um, it's all like Evanescence and oh, Lincoln yeah. Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, Evanescence, I assume that's the the bit where uh, Electra is stabbing bags of sand that are yes. down. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that big Evanescence song came from. Oh really? Yeah. I don't. Oh, wake me up inside. That's how that song goes. Yeah, well, yeah, um, probably the biggest band to ever come from Arkansas. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Own Town Heroes. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult is from my hometown, uh, oh, which really? is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Which is kind of funny. 
Uh, they have the more cowbell sketch on Saturday Night Live. That's kind of what they're most famous for. <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and they have this friendly chat. Jen starts turning to the camera about how horny she is, and I don't blame her. You know, I don't blame him either. I'm happy that some attractive person finally acknowledged that this actress is movie star hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, there's a, a point where Matt mentions that Luke has made him suits as well, and she doesn't really think twice about why <laughs> he would need a special tailor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, she's so overtaken by his it's good look. Charm. It happens. Yes, yes. It yeah. happens. Yeah, I would not be paying attention to a single thing if Charlie Cox was staring at me the way he was staring at <laughs> staring at her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they both get pulled away because of work stuff, right? Jen gets a well, text from this douchebag, um, Todd saying like i need to see you now we were talking about this before air how he says uh she's like oh sorry i'm busy and he's like oh your boss said it was a 24-hour firm i guess i'll just call him and like i had someone pull that on me like during like almost a family tragedy and i was like fuck you dude like you know what i mean like come on um and then mac gets pulled away for i don't know reasons he gets a phone call maybe it's karen page i don't know I assume that it's a tip-off about Leapfrog being kidnapped, or mm. maybe Luke's texting and telling him he's being kidnapped. Oh, that's a kind of good point, because... That's an emergency thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't think he just smelled it? <laughs> heard it? Him, he heard his screams across town, yeah. Mm-hmm. He heard the ribbit and knew something was up. <laughs> When I typed, because uh, I do the intro, I write it out on my iPhone uh, before we record every episode. And every time I wrote the word ribbits, a little frog emoji came up. And I thought <laughs> that's usually where I find out that like emojis are, there's emojis for things. Like yeah, yeah. Um, I asked someone like, do you want clams? Because I was like ordering seafood. I saw there was like a clam emoji the other day and like an oyster one. And they're crazy looking. Um they're real gross looking, but I've been started using them a lot. There's a skier emoji, which I oh, yeah. was using. That reminds me of uh, Facebook's tendency to uh, change certain words into a, a different color. Like rad. Is, rad happens yeah, to me all the time. It, it has broken me from saying it. And yeah. congratulations. I'll, I'll try to uh, bring up the old thesaurus to try to get around not having it highlight words. I don't like it. Now, does it do it? Does it do it for radical? Ah, I bet it does. I bet it Mm -hmm. does. What if I wrote radical party time excellent? Do you think (laughs) it would? (laughs) We'd probably play a clip. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it would play the the Wonder Woman music just starts playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Todd sucks. This character (laughs) sucks. Do you think he's the Hulk King? I think he's something like he's a financer or something for the Hulk King. I don't know if he's the Hulk King. They acknowledge that like his father has money. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, I don't know. Like he definitely sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand. Like if he's the Hulk King, she has already been seduced by one of the other goons. So, What's the point of him? Is he going to back off his minions if he is the whole thing? If she does, uh, succumb to his advances and his, his just general shit heel behavior. 
Well, like we mentioned it during the Tinder date episode, how how he was fucking weird, and he's like, <laughs> "What what would break More through so your skin?" The guy that called her, oh, yeah, or is he the guy that he's a, a guy who called her a specimen? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who brought up. Well, what about vibranium? Would that penetrate your skin? Like he brought up all those oh, he things. He has a vibranium spear, or I guess the authorities have it now, but. Well, they're trying to take it from him. So, like, she meets him at this fucking fancy restaurant, and it turns out it's not about work. It's so that he can flex about buying this vibranium spear at an auction for a million dollars and looks at her like, aren't you impressed? I have money. Um, Are you familiar with the term no selling? No. Okay, this is a pro wrestling term. Okay. uh, Whenever someone pretends to hit you and you react to it, that is called selling. When you no sell something, it's like Hulk Hogan whenever he's being attacked it's, and he's doing it, the Hulk up. And yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah it's just hyping him up. Well, yeah, you're not selling someone's offense as being legitimate. And that's what she does whenever he he drops that he spent a million dollars repeatedly. And yeah, there's no reaction on her face. It's no selling. <laughs> and then he says how he travel how he traveled to Wakanda to study abroad for a semester <laughs> in college and what that does- made me think of was Bruno from Miss Marvel because he does that. He does do that yeah. in the comics. Mm-hmm. And now that we know that uh college students can do that, I just gotta bring it up because we bring up random shit. Potential for Riri Williams to be studying overseas at in Wakanda. I think during- it's a good bet. Right. Like we know that there's the Wakanda Institute for Science and Technology in the inner cities. Maybe she was like a good student there mm-hmm. and she's studying in Wakanda. And that's when whatever happens in Black Panther to Wakanda Forever happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of side note, really bad for an audio medium, Travis. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing the spaghetti webbing uh, the entire time that we've been talking, the Todd McFarlane spaghetti webbing, and I'm pretty impressed at how good I am at doing this. I'm going to send you, uh, maybe I'll post it in the group, uh, mm-hmm. the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place where fellow like mine and Marvelites can continue the conversation. Um, so <laughs> he does something that's like borderline racially inappropriate and culturally inappropriate with the Wakanda forever really loud in a restaurant because rich white people think it's okay to do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. That for me, I like the black Panther character and everything, but I don't uh, like if I was going to buy a Marvel shirt, it would be a black Panther shirt because I, I don't know. It feels weird to me that uh, yes. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm the weird one there, but and yeah, doing the Wakanda for everything. I've seen uh, YouTubers do it, and it is always it makes me uncomfortable, as she says. Yes, if like I was talking to a black or African person about how I like the Marvel universe and they say agree, I wouldn't go, Oh, do you like Black Panther or do Wakanda forever? I would probably be looked at like a racist person or someone trying to be cool. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get one or the other. Or like, they may just think you're you're trying to be their friend too hard. Yes, too hard. Yes, um, or both, right? Mm. Or all three at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um. So we <laughs> you're, saw you're a racist who's trying to overcome his past biases by befriending random people with the movie Black Panther. Yes. 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 See, I know this thing too. Aren't I cool? Hmm. Um, 
Um, we know from that Tinder date episode that he was inquiring whether or not vibranium would penetrate Jen Walter's skin. Uh, we know from the Hulk King wasn't post credits. It was like the episode stinger where we saw the bent needle that yeah. the wrecking crew had tried to use on her. We saw this new super duper needle. Um, and we theorized maybe that thing would be made of vibranium. Maybe it's related to Todd because he was talking about penetrating your skin with vibranium. And then there was the episode where the nice guy at the wedding had, um, ended up sleeping with her and ended up duping her and taking the nudes and stealing her phone where you and I theorize that maybe they put uh vibranium inside of uh, his penis to penetrate her um, possibly <laughs> yeah, yeah. or scrape the, the vaginal goo off of, off of his stuff to make some sort of whole serum, uh, which was terrible thought, but I couldn't help think yeah, yeah. That about it. Right. Like it was in the back of your mind too. Of you know course, what I mean? Of course. Yeah. 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 Imagine David Cronenberg designed it like in Dead Ringers. <laughs> that would do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That would do it. Yes. When that would do it. Maybe vibranium. Those, those uh, gynecological tools were a nightmare. Jeremy Irons would have been a good Thunderbolt Ross. Fuck yes, he would. Fuck yes, he would. Jeremy Irons with the mustache would have been great. And I'm thinking in my head, like, man, has he ever been in a Marvel movie? And no, he hasn't because he's Alfred in the yeah, DC yeah, Extended yeah. Universe. Uh, and he is the best part of those <laughs> Justice League and Batman v Superman movies. Like, alcoholic, effet mechanic Alfred is kind of awesome in those movies. That I don't We've like. had a lot of good Alfred stuff over the years. So, but yes, he is particularly good. He is very good and very funny and always really drunk and making fun of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> which I have always appreciated. And then there's like an extended clip in the Schneider cut where he mansplains to Wonder Woman how to brew tea, right? Yes, yes, there is. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, your tea is garbage. Let me show you how to do this because I'm English, you know? Um, yeah. Do you think Todd is going to be Red Hulk? Oh, oh, God. That's what yeah. I think. That's what oh, I think. Really? Yes, yes. I am legitimately asking this to you because I think Todd is financing the whole King thing and he's asking all these questions because he wants some sort of Hulk powers. Like, it might not be the leader. It might be. It probably will be. But part of me is like, Todd is the big bad and he's doing it so he can get Hulked up. And mm -hmm. like, why else would he be seeking counsel with these legal people like what's the legality if i become a hulk like it's cool yeah. now right she hulk is you know what i mean i don't know i him becoming a hulk I, that just seemed like a possibility i uh i don't know that they would go with the red hulk just because people will be pissed off of course <laughs> right? they're going to be pissed off anyway but maybe somewhat understandably so on that one but People like the, the are already Bonner. pissed off. Like the Ralph Bonner. People all are already pissed off. And like, let's face it, She-Hulk's not a very important character. Like Thunderbolt Ross, pretty important character. I, I will have you know that she was... Uh, I meant to say Red Hulk, not She-Hulk. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I meant to say She-Hulk's a character okay. I love, but yeah, 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 yeah. Red Hulk is kind of like a gimmick that ended up lasting because how else do you change it back? You know what I mean? A big deal when it very, he first came out and then just kind of uh, dropped down into here very quickly. 
Yes. Um, like his solo books never sell. Sometimes he's in the background of things. It's just <laughs> the state of where yeah, yeah, the, the Ross family is. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, and then Todd like tries to put a move on She-Hulk and starts like harassing her where she pushes a table at him and says, I'm leaving and I'm billing you for the entire hour. And she goes back to her apartment where um, she was probably going to start, you know, flicking the proverbial beanbag over uh, Mr. Murdoch. But then she receives a call from Mr. Leapfrog while he's being attacked driving his uh, his um, green sports car mm-hmm. by a uh, some sort of masked assailant and pings his location to She-Hulk. And she is on her way. Was- but... Before the, uh, leaving the apartment, hmm? Travis, before leaving the apartment, we get the Avengers theme oh. mixed with the She-Hulk theme and she grabs her super suit. <laughs> finally, finally, finally. And they did it in a kind of jokingly, but heroic triumphant fashion with the score mm-hmm. using enemy of the podcast. Well, formerly enemy of the podcast, Michael Giacchino's music. Um, <laughs> the Avengers theme mixed with, uh, oh, that's not even Giacchino. That's, uh, Alan Silvestri, I take it all back. Still yeah. enemy of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, with the She-Hulk theme. I like that. I like that she finally suited up. Sorry to interrupt you. So. No, no, no. That's totally fine. I was just going to ask, is uh, Leapfrog's vehicle frog themed? I, I don't, I don't yeah. know cars. I, uh, it just seemed to have a slight frog shape, but I thought it might have been my imagination. No, it's, it's green. Well, it, it's green, but I thought like the shape of it looked... Uh, Particularly like frog eyes or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like it was like frog- raised or something. Yeah. The frogmobile, like the headlights were were like little well, eyes. Like later on, we do see a, a a fucking frog signal. So yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Um. So yeah, she Hulk tracks down leapfrog to a parking garage um the little bit where he's driving up the parking garage reminded me of justin lynn's uh classic uh, fast and furious <laughs> tokyo drift yeah uh mix of the car and just the angles and stuff yeah, yeah um, they, in that movie they drift all the way around all the way up right they do yeah that's why they call it the tokyo drift <laughs> they do that's why they call it the tokyo drift um I have been flying FPV drones with my roommate and we're, we scout parking garages mm-hmm. uh, because we want to start doing what's called freestyle uh, where you, it's kind of like skateboard tricks with drones kind of. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like put it to like bad dubstep and put it on <laughs> YouTube. You'll, you'll be the first to know about it when, yeah, yeah. when we finally do it. Uh, we've been scouting like parking garages and abandoned buildings and shit because we got little baby drones, uh, that we could fly around the house in the winter and race each other with. Oh, nice. um, yeah. This is what happens when you're like almost 40, have a decent <laughs> job and still have a roommate because you like, don't like to say out loud that you're lonely. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause we got these stupid hobbies. Um, yeah. So she uh, tracks him down at this parking garage and it turns out that the unknown assailant is Mr. Daredevil himself. We get mm. the, uh, it's funny. Cause like I had mentioned it when they did the reveal of the helmet that, um, that, that sounded like the score from the Daredevil television show, like a particular, 
a little piece of music called the suit and sure enough like i'm like yes i'm right like my <laughs> absurd like like uh remembrance of like random theme music and like listening to random theme music on spotify and scores for television shows mm-hmm. uh finally pays off um so Murdoch and well, She-Hulk start kind of battling out here, and it's well. While scary. you were talking about the suit, I will go ahead and say that I like the red and yellow one more than I expected to in live action. Where it's, okay, it's not, it's not bright enough to be the reason I don't like it in the comics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is this yeah. your official apology? Because we were kind yeah. of skeptical about it uh, when we first saw. Well, it. you weren't as much. You you said that you kind of like the red and yellow so it's yeah i said it looked like it was designed by a blind person so i understand <laughs> why he yeah, would have it yeah, yeah. um little did we know it was designed by famed fashion designer uh luke jacobson mm-hmm. um did you like the fight sequence with jen and matt yes yes a good deal he's very ninja-like and uh, leaping about and she gets to do some stuff since she can't hit him or anything. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, um, did you like the, I'm going to whoop your ass and my ass <laughs> remains unwhooped? Yeah, line? all the quippy stuff between them works great. This felt, uh, like a comic book. <laughs> this felt more like a comic book team up issue than mm-hmm. anything we've ever gotten. Yeah, it's the MCO. how short lived the combat is, and then they're just, their buddies. And, that's always how it is though when you finally get spider-man and daredevil for the first time all those early silver age fucking (laughs) team-up books are always like that where the two heroes meet up they start fighting they come to their senses they figure out their differences and they go after the real bad guy like i just never get like a a definitive winner between the two ever yeah ever and I, I was bringing up that point, Travis. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> I uh, recently reread, I got a um, a copy of Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man meeting mm-hmm. uh, from, like, the late 70s. And it's kind of like the first ever, like, intercompany crossover, technically, right, of, like, the silver modern age, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, it's very funny. Like, you could tell... It was probably a nightmare behind the scenes because both <laughs> companies wanted to have their say and like everything that was happening. And the first it's an oversized uh, magazine edition, right? It's like yeah, yeah. 60, 70 pages. And the first 30, 40 pages are nothing. It's like Lex Luthor doing something and then Doc Ock doing something and then Doc Ock and Lex Luthor figuring out how to get Spider-Man to fight Superman and then they fight and then they both go arrest Lex Luthor and Dr. Octopus and it's over with. But um, yeah, I mean, that that mention makes me think of pro wrestling once again. uh, Sure. That's one of the reasons uh, Vince McMahon was able to <laughs> seize power from the uh, the local territories. The they couldn't the local territories couldn't compete. Or they couldn't work together to compete because they didn't want their guys to lose. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to run a big super show, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh Fucking McMahon's like reign of power being over is kind of hilarious. Like you've you've mentioned like just the way that it ended for it is the dumbest way possible. Prostitutes are a thing. There is no sense in 
uh, doing what he was doing. Uh, it's a power story. trip. Uh, yeah, it's a power trip. Like you could, you have enough money to like pay somebody who looks like Alexa Bliss to do whatever <laughs> you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you didn't yeah, have yeah. to assault Mandy Sachs or whoever you did it to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, a lot of the girls have remained anonymous so far, but like it's it's like come on. narrowed it down somewhat. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I don't recall who it was or any or who it was narrowed down to. I. I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's fun to watch uh, Triple H go around and rehire all the people who McMahon has fired in recent years. Yeah, yeah. that has been the last seven months of, or wherever it's been of television. It's just him trying to get everyone back signed. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you think about how... If I was a lawyer, I would be thinking I shouldn't be just picking up strangers' cars and destroying them and running away. I did. I did. But the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. So who knows what the (laughs) the legality of a superhero tossing a car at someone is. Yeah. Uh, But that's part of the problem, right? Like, Yeah. She did leave her information about the parking lot. So I don't know. There's like a Tony Stark fund that pays for all of this shit. Uh, Damage control will pay for it. Maybe, maybe. Maybe uh, that's why they're going after superheroes because they're tired of paying for all their bullshit. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, yeah. They detain them and they're like, listen, we really don't care what you're doing. We just got to talk about the property damage. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> um, They do come to their senses because She-Hulk uses the Hulk slap. What's this move called? The Sonic Boom. Hi, Sonic uh, Boom. Should be particularly effective against a character with super hearing. And it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention this in the opening right off the bat. And just the sonic boom and the idea of like using an onomatopoeia sound made me think of it. Okay. Leapfrog in the beginning when his jetpacks malfunction. Yeah. Did you notice the sound effect that was used? No, I did not. It is the Millennium Falcon stuttering out. Ah, <laughs> uh, missed that entirely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like the Skywalker sound version of the Wilhelm scream. Mm-hmm. Even though Skywalker sounds kind of infamous for reusing the Wilhelm scream. But um, too much, too much. <laughs> I like it. I know you have your problems with it. I think I just like it as a sound guy because it's kind of the old related. Yeah, it's classic. like always been there. I yeah, yeah. Like nostalgia. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's been in the public domain for so long. You know what I mean? So if you've ever done Foley work, it's like, yeah, I've used that before. Like, you know, um, yeah, so not really a big deal. She uses Hulk slap Sonic Boom on Daredevil. <laughs> she goes to pick him up and punch him in the nose. And she takes his mask off and realizes it's uh, sexy, sexy Matt Murdock, um, who tells Walters that after losing the trial, Leapfrog has kidnapped his client, Luke Jacobson, so he could start making suits for him. So now we get our superhero team up. They've come to their differences and they are now going to work together to go rescue him. And uh, oh, it turns what the exchange between uh, Daredevil and She-Hulk after he uh, she unmasked him and he tells her that. He's Daredevil, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Daredevil theme plays, and one of the better musical, or more uh, recognizable musical bits in the MCU. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, tangentially the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Loosely. Yeah, yeah. We're not really sure. <laughs> but at least the music stayed. That's still in canon, which yes, is good. Yes. Yeah, that really like cool kind of like um vibe echo right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's a great theme. I love the Daredevil credits, title credits. It They're was so cool. let you know in Rock was throwing start with that one. And I like the red goo turning into this statue version of them mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I dig that all. Makes me nostalgic for uh, a simpler time, you know. <laughs> um, Leapfrog's uh, base is called the lily pad, which is pretty funny. Uh, that's where he's holding Luke Jacobson hostage. And we get a meeting of the minds above the lily pad where oh, Daredevil yeah. suggests... Uh, doing this all very stealthy. She-Hulk insisting on a more direct approach. Because um, she's bad at math and you can't... <laughs> yeah, that was funny too. It's like there's 30... Oh, he does the whole... Uh, this is a really good exchange where he's like, there's 30 guys inside. Um, it's like, how can you tell? It's like, oh, I can hear their heartbeats. I can hear everyone's heartbeats. And then there's like, I can hear your heartbeat. It's going really <laughs> fast. And she's like, shut the fuck up. She does like, a, no, it's not. You know, I'm totally healthy. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, classic Daredevil stuff. Yeah, and I, I guess we should have mentioned it earlier in the bar scene. He kind of pitched his model as far as helping people who uh, within the bounds of the law as Matt Murdock, but for the people who fall into the cracks, helping them as Daredevil. Uh, sounds like vigilante justice, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Hey, like he, he kind of uh chides her for not really doing superhero stuff even though she has the ability to yeah i mean it is a kind of different story though like if she was running Mm -hmm. around causing property damage the way matt (laughs) murdoch is people know who she is it'd probably be a lot harder for her to do it unless it was like yes often at the end of this episode she should be sued rightfully so you know somebody lost their acura because of her or whatever you know only tangentially related but do you think we'll be seeing titania again this uh, season so there was she posted something uh the actress on her twitter account for Mm -hmm. next week's episode where she's in it it looked like there was some matt murdoch stuff we haven't seen yet also okay yeah yeah. and it involved matt murdoch being at blomsky's retreat too Uh, that should be fun that would be fun to see Daredevil with like his helmet off at that retreat, like <laughs> kind of talking about his woes, you know, and like just saying like, first this pretty girl liked me and then she died and then ninjas brought her back from the dead and this other pretty girl liked me and then I started dating Rosario Dawson, but now I'm dating this other pretty girl and I have my own firm and they're all like, what? is your real problem you know what i mean yeah. that you get all the girls and you are a successful lawyer sounds you know? like a problem yeah yeah it sounds like good problems sorry you're an orphan you know <laughs> i know that sucks <laughs> um daredevil breaking into the building and first they do have that conversation about a goon versus a henchman which i thought was uh, yeah funny. yeah that was great very uh letter of the uh not the letter of the law, but just like the legal distinction between henching and gooning. Yes, where like gooning is for hire and henching is like for a call. The true believer shit. Yeah, yeah. Who do you think the guys in the Tim Burton Joel Schumacher like? We know Bob was a goon, 
right? Yeah. For Joker. But what about the guys who dressed like Joker? <laughs> Those are definitely henchmen. Those yeah. are definitely henchmen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you were, you're wearing the costume of your guy, and nothing okay. like corporate mandated or something. But okay, yeah. Now, what about the penguins for Danny DeVito? Were they henchmen or goons? Uh, oh, <laughs> he took their thing. Like they were penguins anyway. You know what I mean? I kind of like your henchmen. I think the ones with the rocket ships and stuff are henchmen, <laughs> and just the regular waddling ones are goons, you know? That's fair. That's probably right. Yeah. I mean, they did throw him a pretty dank funeral procession at the end. You know what? Yeah, that's definitely henchmen. That's behavior. henchmen behavior. Yeah, yeah, that's henchmen behavior. Uh, um, do you think that some of these henchmen just, like, the, the ones who dress up in those movies, like, the ones who didn't die who worked for the Joker who then became like clown guys for the penguin. And if they didn't die, they just became <laughs> ice guys later on. And they just kept putting on new, they're like, well, I already got all this pain. I've been working out real hard. And yeah, yeah. I want to say some of the Arkham games go into that with some of the random henchmen or the, the villain conversations you know, over here. Or, yeah, yeah. You'll like overhear them while you're snooping on them and shit. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, Harley Quinn animated show goes into it quite a bit too. Like, there's, yeah, yeah, it is fun. It is fun where it's like, yeah, first I used to dress up like a clown and now I'm doing <laughs> the Mr. Freeze thing. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I think it does too. I think I remember that. No, the, uh, the, the henchmen for Leapfrog are funny and kind of, first off, Lilypad, kind of dope. Like, if you're a frog themed superhero or villain and your secret hideout isn't called Lilypad, you've made a mistake. It's, yeah, yeah. You could have called it like the pond, you know? Yeah, but that's very, more, sounds more generic. You're, <laughs> yeah, you could have been a turtle at that point, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. A koi fish. Has there ever been a koi fish themed uh, superhero or supervillain? You think? Oh, oh. I'm gonna say no. I. Uh... <laughs> um, they want the the leapfrog wants to call them tadpoles, and we get that little <laughs> discussion of them saying how that's kind of lame and stuff like that before mm-hmm. the lights go out, and we get um. Daredevil lighting and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we get a nice little meta. Like, oh no, Daredevil's going to do the hallway thing that he always does. <laughs> and we do get it for a, a couple of fucking minutes. Yeah, like, yeah, he knocked out three of them before uh, he's interrupted. Yes, rudely interrupted by Jen Walters knocking them all out by jumping through the building. But Matt Murdock's acrobatics and ninja skills are sick in this episode. Yeah, I, I will mention like his fighting in this show is a little different from his fighting in the Netflix series in that in that series, he gets the shit beaten out of him. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. These are just like nobody, so it's not. Yeah, it's not yeah, quite yeah. the same. But yeah, yeah, they're not bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get Jen basically confronting her client saying like, you need to stop this as your lawyer. You're going to get in a lot more trouble mm-hmm. and Murdoch beating these guys up in the background with yes. his little side commentary. <laughs> fucking great man. Where it's like, what is this guy a fucking lawyer too? And it's like, no, I just watch a lot of law and order or something <laughs> like that. That's he's beating people up. It's very funny. The, the quipping and the, um, the juxtaposition between him going all out and brutalizing these henchmen and 
fucking uh, She Hulk just wandering through and just talking yes. to him on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's a Hulk. That's like what yeah, you do. Yeah. And you I know? guess I can point to she's not going to be a city level hero. <laughs> no, she's going to be an Avenger, dude. Yeah. 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 Well, they're all going to be Avengers at some point, probably. At but, some point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Avengers could use a ninja, right? Of course. Of course. They got a Black Widow and have a ninja, you mm-hmm. know? And then we could have Daredevil bang Florence Pugh, you know? <laughs> we certainly can. We certainly, we certainly can. can. Dream big. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, what's his name? The leapfrog tries to leap away and ends up injuring himself, and they don't even have to chase him down. The police come. They apprehend him. Jacobson agrees to make a suit for Jen for the gala. So everything gets wrapped up there. And we get this nice little talk with Walters and Murdoch on top of the roof where he's saying, hey, I'm leaving tomorrow, going back to New York City. But next time I'm back, maybe, you know, I could take you out for dinner. And she has a nice little like, or we could just skip all that and do what we were both <laughs> thinking, yeah. which they do. And I like that. Like, you know, and they. Mm-hmm. Cuts back to them at their apartment, like uh, where they bang. Um, this is a very Matt Murdock thing to do. This is a very Jen Walters thing to do. This is mm-hmm. very, I don't know if Daredevil and She Hulk have ever had sex in the comics. I know She Hulk like gets around in the comics a bit. And, like, yeah, yeah. Of- and, like, and one of the newer ones, you see the, the Charles Soul one or the, uh, uh, the other one. That- Ancelot? Yes, yes. Yeah. One of those two has her. Uh, doing that and talking about it. yeah 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 she she bangs a juggernaut in one of those runs too oh really yeah yeah right. yes and she calls him juggy and it's very funny <laughs> it's very funny it's like there's like a scene where it's like it's okay juggy it happens to everyone once in a while like and they you know it's pretty funny um we also get the uh daredevil leaving the apartment the walk of shame mm. later on the next morning which is amazing seeing him with everything but his shoes just walking down the street dressed yeah, yeah. as daredevil um and we finally get nikki in this episode uh where she shows up and tells jen it's time to get ready for the southern california lore awards um and we get a really interesting fourth wall break here where Jen is very confused because it seems like we just reached a very quote unquote satisfying, literally and figuratively, <laughs> ending to the episode. She doesn't understand why the episode's still going on and says something really good is going to happen or something really bad is going to happen. Like, did, uh, did you take note of how long this episode was? Was it actually longer than the previous? Then you know, okay, so I didn't look to see. I didn't. I wish yeah. I had now, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she mentions by yeah, 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 it's going to be some sort of this is going to be the twist because next week's the finale and the Mm -hmm. twist is either going to be like, is there a red Hulk or something or am I going to get fridged? And she says the word and the term uh, fridge, which, um, you know, we've brought up quite a bit on the show over the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a term that. Enemy of my old YouTube channel, Gail Simone, <laughs> who I actually think is a really nice lady, but for some reason she came at me on Twitter and YouTube one time for not liking The Secret Six, and I had to like apologize to her in a direct message on Twitter, and she said it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. It was real weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gail Simone ha- used to have a website. 
in the 90s and it was one of the first maybe the first ever female run uh comic book communities and it was called um women in refrigerators uh it was all based on the idea of fridging which is when you do something horrible physically or sexually or traumatically to a female character in a superhero story in order to project the uh you know, well, have the trajectory of the male hero. Yeah, yeah. the motivation. My understanding of the term was that it's whenever you have a support character that has no character development beyond uh, just they're only there to be murdered or have something awful happen. Yeah. Um, well, you can also you and, can you can do it to characters who aren't like uh, side characters. Like the term was the fridge comes from Kyle Rayner, the Green Lantern at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, came home and his girlfriend was dead chopped up in a refrigerator and it was like his motivation to go do something it's like you didn't need to do that you could have done anything this is a story about a guy who makes green punching bags out yeah, yeah. of space magic um, well the reason I, I said that I'm lacking development is that that's what I viewed as the criticism of uh, using that thought device because in reality if someone murdered someone you loved that would make you want revenge. I don't think that's. Sure. Uh, I, I don't think that it's necessarily always a wrong thing to do in uh, fiction. I just think something you have to be mindful of. I don't think she would qualify as even being able to be fridged in her own show. She's had too much development. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And that's my nitpick, by the way. <laughs> oh, that is your nitpick. I've been waiting. Yes, yes. Well, here's the thing. Um, some p- people criticized characters with a lot of plot development for being fridged on in stories like Game of Thrones is a big one, like Sansa Stark. Like Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the the rape from like the, she was constantly getting fridged. So like uh the stuff with Joffrey and then the uh the stuff with Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, I never really heard it used in terms of uh, like a the, character with that much depth. No, no, no. Um, well, that too, but uh, just trauma, like sexual assault or something like that. I never really heard it with being murdered. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, yeah, like John Wick's use... dog. John, John Wick's dog, dog was fridged. fridged. Yeah, John yeah. Wick's dog was fridged. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool two. His girlfriend, whose name I cannot remember at the moment. Vanessa. In that one. Yes. Yes. That to me was a very uh, on brand uh, fridging. Fridging, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She had I mean, development in the previous movie, but in that movie, that's the only reason she's there is to die. Yeah, I, there's like the argument with Sansa though is like all this horrible shit happened to her at the hands of Ramsay, so Jon Snow could have his giant heroes moment where he takes back King's Landing. You know, <laughs> we could have just yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could have just like not had the horrible like the end of one of those episodes was just her getting like shoved and penetrated up against the door and then it like fades to black and there's no music. And I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh, am I done with Game of Thrones now? You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> didn't need to happen at all. Um, so there is like that argument, too. So it's just kind of interesting. Like, again, She-Hulk and the writers and the creators like Jennifer Go and all these people like they know what they're talking about, that all this stuff is very purposeful. And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, They're not attacking the audience. And, you know, like a lot well, of people are like, why are, they, yeah, <laughs> why are they attacking the people who are supposed to watch this show? And it's like, <laughs> no, why are you being crazy? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, um, 
like on Twitter and stuff like that, the the people that talk about movies and stuff like that are a minuscule part of the audience. Absolutely. Like there's um, a huge general audience outside of the people who are screaming on the internet. <laughs> or on podcasts, as it turns out. Or yes. on a podcast, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um there's also the, Wolverine Keys. Like, I was about to say Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, might have forgotten. Because we got no, 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 no. Nikki just says, uh, let's get ready. <laughs> and she pulls out her her makeup brushes with Wolverine claws and then giant word balloons say snick, snick. And <laughs> if Ginger Gonzaga is willing to wear the mask, I, uh, oh my God. And the person they actually cast as Wolverine is not, then I'm going to say we should just go with Ginger. I would take Ginger Gonzaga dressed up as Wolverine any day of the week, please. Like mm-hmm. I would pay for that. Like um, <laughs> uh, as we're talking about fridging and all this stuff, I was like, I would pay to dress you up like my fantasy. But no, uh, she uh, she does do the snick snick with the uh, the makeup brush, and um, they show up together at this gala, and uh, they have their little runway walk also, which I really mm-hmm. liked where. She gets out in her Luke Jacobson original and Ginger is like loving it too. You know what I mean? She's having a ton of fun and uh, the parents are there and they're being moms and dads and kind of being embarrassing, but very proud of their daughter. (laughs) And as uh, Jen walks in, she sees her boss talking with uh, Todd. Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think anything's up with the boss? No, no, not with the boss. I do wonder if Mallory Bullock, that we also see at this place. Uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about her uh, too later, mm-hmm. shortly. But uh, yeah, she's got oh, like yeah. the line of the episode, by the way. Yes, yes, and the, the reaction shot. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, not only is it a good line for Mallory, it's a moment for our boy Pug. Um, and the only reason I think Mallory may is because she's at odds with her in the comics, and yep. and I guess it's just a red herring, maybe. Uh, and possibly. And she befriended uh, Nikki, so it could get intel on She-Hulk if she wanted it. Possibly, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Knew about the intelligentsia site. If and told there. and said to not bring it up to Jen. Also, yes, yes. So there's there's at least a little bit there. I I don't think it's going to be the case, but I don't know. We'll see. The uh, awards are very weird because they don't seem like lawyer awards. It seems like a beauty pageant. And the judge is <laughs> They called them all up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First off, they called them all up there. That was weird, where Jen gets up and thinks it's just for her, and then they call up four other people, and mm-hmm. the judge is like, not only are they, you know, you know, rascals in the courtroom, but they're also beautiful. And it, Jen's like, what? This is so fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then they the judge has them all up there. Gives them all the awards. It looks very much like a beauty pageant. It's framed very much like um, almost like a prom queen thing. There's a lot of Carrie vibes happening. Here. Yes. Yes. Um, that's a movie I want to watch before Halloween. We were talking before we started recording about uh, how I have this Halloween list going where my goal is to watch 31 horror movies. <laughs> and I love Brian De Palma, man. I talk about him a lot. Oh, on the I thought show. you were talking about the, the Chloe Grace Moretz one. I, uh, or maybe the uh, Angela Bettis one from the yeah, 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the uh, the Rage Carry too. <laughs> All fine choices, maybe. Yeah. I, I think I really stick with the De Palma one with Sissy Spacek uh, mm-hmm. and a young John Travolta. Um, <laughs> and the guy from. Uh, 
um, greatest American hero as the the boyfriend who's pretty funny, the guy with the curly hair. Do you know about that show, Greatest American Hero? Yes, yes, I do. I do. Best theme song ever. <laughs> that uh, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I love that song so much. It gets stuck in my head like randomly, <laughs> at least once a week. Like today, yes. Like just now, just uh, now. So you're welcome, audience. Um, Mallory Book is one of the uh, the winners. I almost called them contestants because it looks so much like it. And, Red uh, <laughs> what's that? Oh, Red She Hulk, Mallory Book. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Marvel does like their mirror matches for their hero villain combos. <laughs> of course. I mean, comic books like them too. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And that's why Spider Man has so many like bug themed bad guys, you know? <laughs> Take a look at Flash's rogues together. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How many different flashes are there? Um, yeah. So the I almost called him the judge, the presenter mm-hmm. is like, what is it like to be a female lawyer? And uh, Mallory's answer is so funny where it's like, you know, it, you work twice as hard. You usually don't get paid as much. And people always ask you dumb questions like, what's it like to be a female lawyer? <laughs> And we get a sna- We get a quick cut to uh, Nikki and Pug doing the, the snap snaps. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it is it, a great reaction shot. It's great. I adore both of them so mm-hmm. much. Like, I how come I adore this supporting cast of She Hulk so much? It's crazy. It sure does make it easier to watch when you like everyone on the show. It's incredible. Yeah. Maybe they knew what they were doing. And then uh, as Jen is presented the microphone, the mic cuts out and the Hulk King emoji that looks like Peppy the Frog pops up and we hear a like, do you want to know who the real She-Hulk is? And it hijacks like a broadcast of the gala exposing Walter's personal information, which that guy had gone from her phone and then plays a video of her having sex with that guy, Josh, um, where... It's like She-Hulk doesn't deserve anyone's admiration. This is who she really is. And yeah, yeah. this She's is bullshit. Has sex. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, this is bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? I mean, that's that's a real thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, I would hate to be in high school right now. Imagine if, like, someone took your nude and then sent it around the high school and then you mm-hmm. had to deal with that. You know, like, you could lose a job over that shit, man. Like, yes. What uh, if I needed to make a little extra money and I had an OnlyFans? I would probably <laughs> lose my job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in certain lines of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If you can get outed for it. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous, really. It's so silly. And, like, everyone has sex. It's just... And, like, <laughs> the, the potential for someone to videotape it and leak it is, like, everywhere. Phones and... Mm-hmm. Cameras are so tiny. My watch has a camera on it. You know what I mean? Like it sucks. And you, the one reason why I think Mallory may not be a bad guy is because she's the one who's like, Jen, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Yeah. 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 There's no real motive for it to be her. Uh, other than, we know. Yeah. Other than like in the comics, they are nemesis. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jen does freak out. We get the carry lighting. It all turns red. And um, the music, the the sounds. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, we hear uh, the mom saying, they're all going to laugh at you. And and it goes into split screen. Uh, No. um, 
she starts smashing the fucking screens people start running out like freaking the fuck out Mm -hmm. i don't know if i would freak the fuck out i would kind of be like yeah like i would do the same thing here Mm -hmm. you know i feel like people are making a bigger deal out of this than it really is you know what i mean possibly someone's already called damage control they (laughs) they did yeah they did and she sees like the one of the goons. anonymous one of the goons. Yeah. one yeah. of the henchmen now that we yeah. know they, those are definitely henchmen they are they are believers uh and she picks them up outside she bashes through a wall for no reason she could have gone through the door um <laughs> she's that's in a rage. She, she's in a she rage in full savage she-hulk mode yes and um she's outside and damage control is there they have the sonic cannon things mm-hmm. um and that we saw in the incredible hulk movie and um we heard this in the first episode. Like once they see you as a monster, they're always going to see you as a monster. It's something that Bruce warned her about, right? Mm-hmm. So the episode, Absolutely. yeah, the episode ends on She-Hulk being exposed as a monster wrongfully, and who knows what the public opinion of Jennifer Walters is going to be after this? Even though I don't think this is like the most damning information, right? No, no. But it is a good way for, I mean, the show has brought up some ideas of like difficult things that real women do have to deal with, you know, and Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, like being exposed, like if somebody sent a video of you having sex, you or I having sex with this actress, we'd probably be like, oh, oh, look, that guy had sex with this actress. But then like if somebody sent a video of like some girl having sex with someone else, they'd be like, look at this skank. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's just like horrible preconceived notions that society has put upon women. It's slut shaming and it's wrong and sucks. And it got me mad to watch this end. Yeah. This is the first episode that's ended on a down note, I think too, right? Yeah. It's all been uphill for She-Hulk. Yeah. It always ends up with something fun or something. Yeah. 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 Except for the one with, uh, what's his name? Josh stealing her shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Next episode, it's going to be She-Hulk winning her way back into the public's favor, right? They don't and notify. They she doesn't get a chance to unmask the uh, the random henchman. Yes, Alan. Now, yeah, yeah, it didn't look like uh, Todd. Uh, it didn't, but we know Todd's behind some of this, right? Yeah, surely, surely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for the finale of this show next week, and I think this is a kind of good like. A lot of people have complained that there hasn't been like an overall plot, but it's like, no dummy, there has been. It's yeah, been yeah. leading up to this. Like they <laughs> planted these seeds from the fucking first episode. Like, what are you talking about? Um, with that being said, Travis, do you have anything additional that you'd like to talk about in terms of She-Hulk episode eight? Ribbit, ribbit, before we jump into our final thoughts and our reviews. No, no, I think it's that covers it. Let's do it. how you really feel let's rate this believe it or not i'm walking on air (laughs) who could it be it's just me that song is the best all right travis we here at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast. Rate and review all of our episodes from one scoop to five scoops atop our infinity cones. One scoop being the worst, 
five scoops atop that infinity cone being the best, we do accept half scoops atop our infinity cones. With that being said, Travis, we're at the penultimate episode of She-Hole Colon Attorney at Law, Ribbit and Rippet. Uh, we do know from our past discussions on Disney Plus series that usually the penultimate episode is kind of like the high point of the series and mm-hmm. <laughs> the finales usually have a little bit of uh, disappointment. Do you feel the same? What are your final thoughts on uh, this episode? Yeah, this is my favorite episode. Nice. Uh, yeah, and I've, I've been enjoying the entire series. I'm hoping they can know the landing, uh, as always, but I, I feel like there's a good chance of it here. I agree. And character. Uh, it's full full circle for Jen Walters becoming She-Hulk, the um, difficulty with the acceptance of her new powers, finally coming to terms with it, making mm-hmm. some friends, being happy with who she is, and then all of that being ripped apart right at the end. Can she come full circle and overcome what she just um, came out of? So, like, the setup for the finale is great based on the last 10 minutes of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it also leaves me questions about are we going to see a She Hulk and Daredevil interact later on down the line? Is it going to be a recurring thing or just a one off? Either one is perfectly fine, but yeah. If they, if Matt videotaped the encounter <laughs> that they had, um, and Jen were to put up an OnlyFans. It was some viral marketing for She-Hulk. They've done a very good job with the viral marketing so far. Yeah. Uh, it'd be something, subscribe immediately. You know? <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Indeed. This, this episode also raises big questions about when is it acceptable to call a giant green lady a greasy old buffalo? Stuff like that was very fun. And I... <laughs> uh, this episode is like four and a half out of five for me. I, uh, wow. Highest rating so far. Uh, Same rating you gave 2001 A Space Odyssey. Indeed, indeed. Equally <laughs> on that level, I assure you. I assure you. <laughs> what if Stanley Kubrick was a guest director <laughs> on She-Hulk, Colin, Returning at Law? <laughs> There'd be a lot of uh, classical music and long shots. <laughs> 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 and like teddy bears for some reason and uh yes yes and ungodly practical effects and mm-hmm. just, yeah yeah uh, weird like soup cans with native american uh <laughs> um imagery on it like kind of maybe it's harkening back to the native american genocide and that's what it was all really about the entire time yeah yeah and by the end i would be questioning the moon landing even though i'm not a conspiracy guy because it's just so well made and it, <laughs> Kubrick may have been a wizard. (laughs) Kind of funny thing I learned about today. Kubrick hired this guy, this guy from uh, the New York Post, kind of like smutty Mm -hmm. newspaper. That's kind of like a tabloid that we get around here uh, for Eyes Wide Shut to write the obituary for the prostitute who dies in that film. And he hired a real uh, guy who writes the obituaries for the New York times Mm -hmm. or New York post rather to write that for the film. And Kubrick died while finishing that film, Mm -hmm. right. During the post-production, that guy was the one who wrote the obituary for Stanley Kubrick, Travis. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a fun bit of trivia. Uh Fun bit of trivia, kind of another uh, 
you know, iceberg of Stanley Kubrick <laughs> conspiracy theories, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, which I could probably like have my own podcast on at this point. Uh, um, I love yes. Eyes Wide Shut, by the way. So, but yes, this episode of She Hulk definitely on part of a 2001 Space Odyssey, or maybe I rate real films differently than uh, popcorn stuff. Yeah, maybe we rate things on how we feel right after we finish it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I agree. I agree. After being shamed into giving something the highest score this week, my friends of the podcast. He didn't adjust his rating for Hellraiser 2, though. I'll have you all know. I, uh... I Okay, so little backstory here. Well, you'll hear about it because we are, spoiler, we're going to be doing an episode on the new Hellraiser film for Halloween, which is right around the corner. There's not going to be anything Marvel on at that time. Travis and I are both fans of the Hellraiser franchise. There's a new one out, and we both liked it mm-hmm. a lot. You know, we both thought it was really cool. <laughs> I gave it a 2.5, and I had to justify this to friends of the podcast. To anyone that was around, yes, pretty much. Yeah, so like yeah. literally anyone. Some of them were strangers, some of them were friends, some of them were even family. <laughs> Some and they're like, took you off block just to argue with you about it. Yeah. Uh huh. One guy did take me off block just to argue about it, which I thought was insane. Um, that's a crazy thing to do. Uh, this guy took me off block just to say, um, you say it's rad, and then rad came up with letters, <laughs> but then you give it a 2.5 exclamation point question mark, and I have to say. Honestly, 2.5 is totally fine. Like, that's a middle-of-the-road movie that I think is a middle-of-the-road movie. Is it a great movie? No, it's not 2001 A Space Odyssey. (laughs) Is it a movie that I had a lot of fun watching that was really gooey and gory and kind of rad and I had a great time? Yeah, it was. In all fairness, I only gave it a 2.5 because I looked and I gave the original Hellraiser a 3.5. And I'm not going to give this anything less than a full star rating below the original because that's how I feel. So I thought I was being very democratic (laughs) with my fucking rating system there. And then I got shamed into it. So I had to go back because I'm not going to change my fucking rating unless I watch it because mm-hmm. that'll fuck up my letterbox shit. And I won't know exactly how many movies I've watched because oh, once you yeah. rate something, yeah. it marks it as a watch in your diary. And I'm not going to do that to myself. So I had to spend an hour and a half today on my day off <laughs> watching a movie that I just watched three weeks ago. Um, so I could give it the full four stars. So congratulations, bullies. You fucking won. Intelligentsia. I may have helped. (laughs) You did, but you were also like reacting positively to my justification for the score, which I do appreciate. The whole rating system, that's such an individual process. No one is exactly on the same level. A lot of people have like explanations for their ratings on their profiles. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, friend of the podcast and personal friend Brandon was like, you throw out four and five stars like it's no tomorrow. So I start taking pictures of everything that I've rated four and five stars. I was like, and I'm going to comment like, that's because I watch good movies. And then I see the Fletch remake up there with like right next to fucking Space Odyssey and shit. And I was like, oh, maybe I do do this every once in a while. So it was a whole fucking to do. Um, I'm happy that you broke uh, four stars, though. This is the first time I think ever on the show, maybe since um, WandaVision. Maybe. It may be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the Daredevil return lived up to a promise where we heard Charlie Cox say, 
you know, Daredevil will return. Is it the same character? Yes. Is it a different character? Yes. We've gotten these conflicting reports. And I took that as a positive because now (laughs) you can take the things that I really liked about Daredevil, the broody fight scenes, his Mm -hmm. costume, the vigilanteism, the charmingness of the actor playing the character, the supporting cast, a lot of the things that work, the setting, all of that. And you can also revert it to work within the tone of whatever you're doing. Like if you brought Matt Murdock doing that, you know, like every episode of Daredevil season three, he's like, like he's always like screaming. (laughs) It wouldn't have fit very well in this episode. I didn't feel like any of his characterization was out of line with what was going on. Uh No. And again, tangentially related to the Marvel cinematic universe. Like, it kind of reminds me of Ang Lee's Hulk in a way, which is kind mm. of in the MCU, right? Like they never wreck on that movie. And the. Uh, they were, and, I don't think they had decided whenever they made the 2008 Hulk uh, whether that was going to be part of it or not. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's not, but I. It kind of is, though. It starts with him like, in the one in the jungle. Like it starts exactly where the two. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ended. where the confusion comes in. That's what I mean by the. They don't really know. They hadn't decided at that point what is canon. Uh, yes. Yeah. Or what the MCU was. Like that wasn't even like a that, thought. Very really. true. Very true. Yeah. Huh? But they never like retconned Angley's <laughs> Hulk out of continuity, right? <laughs> Like we we don't know for sure if Nick Nolte isn't. Uh, We've never isn't seen Mark him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Forced to assume. Forced to yeah. assume. Yeah, we should get like a little winky joke about Hulk dogs. I would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it kind of reminded me of that in in a lot of ways. His introduction here, and I had a lot of fun with the dialogue between. Jen Walters and Matt Murdock. It felt very akin to both characters. All of their actions felt very akin to both those characters also, not only within the show, but also from like the decades and decades of comic book lore. This felt more like a standalone team up issue of a superhero joining another superhero's uh, solo title than anything we've ever gotten in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that was kind of the promise of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the get go was you were going to get characters popping up every once in a while, Mm -hmm. but it was never like a guest spot like it was here. This yes, was yes. guest spot, like featuring Dark Hawk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully someday we'll get that uh Danny Ketch featuring Dark Hawk uh issue come to life that we've we've been clamoring for here at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast. But this really felt like that to me. And I'm right there with you, man. This is a 4.5 out of five. This is as flawless as a She-Hulk episode can almost get. Yeah, you yeah. know, the only thing that kind of throws me off a little bit is the down ending made me sad in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the show has like been it. so positive so yeah. far. Yeah. I'm not used to feeling bummed sad out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nope. That's the kind of stuff I expect from Daredevil, not She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> He's already making it gritty. Now. Yeah. 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 It's all Daredevil's fault. I, I'm sure there's like uh make Daredevil great again memes out there. You know what I mean? Did I ever tell you She-Hulk is secretly a Western? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's super secret though super super secret yeah, Not yeah even they, people know it making it knew it yeah and, yeah and, yeah they really wanted to make la the main character here you know <laughs> indeed indeed i'm gonna be real bummed if pug is the whole king oh that will be a tragedy yeah a tragedy because he's the mvp him and nikki are the mvps of the show yes in my opinion all right Nikki especially, but like just seeing Pug's face light up made my day towards well, the end of the episode. Yeah. One of the things that would make me happy about Mallory being it is that it's the whole king and that would upset those same people they've been prodding all season. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Mallory does kind of look like Candace Owens though. So like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like the kind of acceptable speaking of <laughs> like you know like i'm a kanye fan have you seen what he did this week i i saw something but i don't recall what it was at this point okay. yeah there was like Par- paris oh, King Owens. yeah yeah the white lives matter thing god yeah, damn yeah. it dude god damn it dude uh, yeah and he had tucker carlson over and like yeah was, yeah 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 it's not i, good. I mean he's mentally ill i get that but yeah but still at a like point <laughs> yeah don't be an asshole yeah the, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the the other thing uh, uh, poor kanye i hope he gets help wake yeah. up mr west wake up mr west um but mallory book secret villain maybe i'm excited for the reveals next week i'm pretty sure we're gonna get them you know what i mean <laughs> uh you never know but um and again with a lot of these shows like the finale never really is the winner, you know? Yeah, I, I do hope we get a, a decent action scene with her punching something that she can punch. That's, That's kind of what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah just once. Uh, and yeah, not, we... not cheaping out like they did with the Moon Knight thing, where it's, oh, hey, I blacked out, or uh, I'm going to use my fourth wall powers to not show you an action scene. That is... <sighs> the one instance where I, I don't want the fourth wall break in the show, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. And we were complaining about mirror matches, but it's also like, yeah, mirror match a whole person. I need one now. I need one though. Yeah, you need something big, you know? Mm-hmm. You need like a Show giant. Show us what mech. you did with the whole yeah. blood. Exactly. Show us what you did with the fluid. whole blood. Rather, I think it's the more yeah. accurate. Yeah, some sort of fluid. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, Evey. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give this a 4.5 scoops atop my Infinity Cone. I really dug this. I'm looking forward to next week, and I kind of have faith in the finale here in a way that I haven't had faith in a Marvel show since Hawkeye, maybe? Yeah. Which feels like ages ago. <laughs> it's only 10 properties ago, like last, early this year. <laughs> yeah, like four weeks, right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that being said, Travis, we don't have a ton of news, but we do have some news that we should probably <laughs> talk about. So let's jump into our little news segment before wrapping up for the evening.
All right, so there really is like literally no news other than the Black Panther Wakanda Forever spot that came out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's that in the Spawn thing. I didn't know if oh, there is. that is real news. Or... Well, oh, not only Spawn, we found out that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will not be running for president in uh, 2024. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because he wasn't born in America. He's from Hawaii, so that was the joke. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the spawn I think news he's probably is probably a right winger. Also, I have a feeling he is, but he won't say it. But he loves money so much, he just will yeah. never. Well, that's part of yeah. That's part of why I assume he's a right winger. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Rock will like never talk about his sex life, never talk <laughs> about politics, and he's just like such a brand at this point, like just schlocking tequila and like muscle milk <laughs> and. Whatever yeah. movie he's in, although I I am excited about Black Adam. In of course, yeah, weeks. that looks like a pretty decent role for it. It looks pretty pretty fun. Um, so the other night, I sent you a little LOL. I took a screenshot <laughs> of um. Uncle Todd McFarlane's uh, Instagram page where he wrote big spawn news coming tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've heard this for the past 10 fucking years. <laughs> and then I was like refreshing his Instagram page because I'm a fan of Todd McFarlane. You know, we all are, especially people our age specifically. Yes, yes. As much as we joke about it and like, is spawn good? Like, no, but does it look great? Like, yeah, like Todd McFarlane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks amazing. Like Todd McFarlane's in the business of things looking cool. And does Spawn look cool? Like, hell yeah. Um, is it like the best storytelling? Not really. Um, but it does look cool as fuck. So then the next day I'm viciously uh refreshing refreshing and then the thing comes out it's like sorry no news until tomorrow at 10 a.m and i send it to you with a like lol like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i got it i got it and then we do get the news so todd mcfarlane has now um announced he's talking about a spawn cinematic universe (laughs) oh i didn't realize he uh, he was doing the cinematic universe whole thing Uh uh-huh yeah yeah todd mcfarlane right usually so yeah, it worked out great for Universal with yeah. the mummy and all yeah. that. And uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's, um, what's it called? Hobbs and Shaw, Fast yeah, and yeah. Furious Story or whatever it was fucking called. Uh, yeah, Todd McFarlane reveals that a cinematic universe centered on Spawn could become a reality if the upcoming reboot is successful at the box office. And then he has officially tapped the writers for the film that apparently he like wants to direct, which I think is a bad idea. Um so he announced that the writer behind Joker, a movie I don't like, and uh, The Fighter, a movie I really like, mm-hmm. will be co-writing this film with the guy who wrote uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier for Disney Plus and um, is also writing the upcoming Captain America 4. Um, yeah, so Scott Silver from Joker and Malcolm Spellman, a name we've talked about quite a bit. Um will be attached to write this project. And Jamie Foxx is really, really game to be playing Al Simmons, AKA the hell spawn. Yeah. yeah. I think a spawn movie would be fucking great. If it's, it works. Yeah. Yeah. 
it'd be good if it was good, right? <laughs> it would be good if it was good, and I think there's a lot of potential for it to be good because what is Spawn if not love persevering? No, what is Spawn <laughs> if not really cool fucking images flying mm-hmm. at you really fucking fast? Like we just watched uh, Hellraiser 2022. <laughs> And it's a lot of really cool looking things with chains flying at you really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, and Spawn is like that on crack. And uh, it is superhero Hellraiser in a way. <laughs> it is superhero Hellraiser in a way. Um, it's like what I kind of wish like the Ghost Rider movie for Marvel would be, mm. but we know it's not going to be. It's yeah, what yeah. the Dark Hawk movie for Marvel should be, <laughs> but we know it's not. No, no. Um, I've wanted like a good proper original image comic adaptation to some sort of medium outside of comic books for a long time. Like granted we got like walking dead. We do get them, but we haven't gotten like, we haven't gotten a wildcats thing outside of the cartoon series. We haven't gotten a savage dragon thing outside of a cartoon series. that literally nobody watched because it was on USA network and no one ever knew when it was on. Did you know there was a savage dragon cartoon? I did. I did. I'm going to say, uh, Right around the time the Street Fighter thing was on. Uh, oh, cool. Cool, cool, two cool. Two series that I knew about, but did not ever watch. Yes. I'm so curious what a Savage Dragon cartoon would look like, because that show, that comic is, like, fucking violent. Like, it's fucking <laughs> crazy. You know what I mean? That's, like, Eric Larson literally said, like, I made Savage Dragon for the people who dug Marvel, but kind of grew out of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. It's made for you. Like, my character is Batman and the Hulk in one person <laughs> being crazy, you know? Um, and I think Jamie Foxx would be good as Al Simmons. You know what I mean? Like, that would kind of work. Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. Al Simmons is not a nerd, so it's... <laughs> no, no. He is a very attractive fucking super soldier guy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, so TBD as per usual with Uncle Todd. <laughs> the other weird news is like there was like a Madam Web Spider Man esque logo that came up in some sort of crew photo. Well, yeah, there's a guy in a suit that looks maybe Spider Man E. Not, it doesn't have, I didn't see a spider logo on him, but it has webbing all over it or whatever. Uh, probably a multiverse Spider Man. Oh, or a spider person. <laughs> Maybe that's what they'll call them. Spider person. Yeah. Spider, Spider-Man person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know what's funny? Adam Scott is playing uh, Uncle Ben, right? In yeah, this yeah, yeah. You know what Adam Scott's feature film debut was, Travis? I do not. I guarantee you do, and you're going to die when I say it, if you don't figure it out. I have no idea. I have no idea. It is Hellraiser 4 Bloodline, my friend. <laughs> he is the weird French guy from uh, the 1600 flashbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was oh, fucking man. Adam Scott, dude. It's a small world. It's a I small was world. dying watching this the other night. I was literally dying watching this movie. And I was like, is that Adam Scott with like a wig <laughs> on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very fucking funny. Like, yeah, this cast is great. Fucking, uh famed maybe right-wing trump supporter sydney sweeney is in it like uh, it yeah be, yeah it'd be interesting nonetheless that el diablo is that the name of the stupid character that bad bunny <laughs> is playing right uh yes i believe so uh, yeah, yeah. 
Alfonso Caron's kid is directing this movie. Oh, that's know? a real thing. It's, uh, that's a real thing. Yeah, uh, that's a real thing. Uh, and well, to like bring that, that full circle. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring that full circle. Um, we just watched Werewolf by Night. We'll be talking about it in two weeks. The guy who plays Jack Russell in Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. That's the dude from like Babel and YA2BN and all those old Quran movies. Yeah. Like, that's a real actor Marvel got in this like <laughs> kind of disposable but pretty cool project. It's funny. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the fucking real news, which is the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. Yeah, um, yeah, it shows too much. Probably, yes, maybe. Yeah. I liked the amount of Namor we saw. That was kind of the highlight for me because. I just like Namor, and I want to see what they're going to do with him and what what his treatment is going to be. He wasn't being condescending to anyone in the trailer, so... No. <laughs> I, I'm super arrogant. I want that more than anything at this point. Everything else is like, really good to me, uh, including... Visually little, on the money, dude. Yeah, yeah, and like his little hummingbird hover thing that he does, and then flitting from one place to the next. It's super real flight in a way we haven't seen before, and we've seen a lot of different superheroes flying at this point so yeah not only is it superhero flight in a way we've never seen before it's little wing things on top of booties that he uses like a hummingbird to whiz around other than the green speedo the thing that i thought might get that with namor is those little wings but and that is his mutation uh yes yes i I don't need to tell you that but that is what makes him a mutant is the wing no no yeah, yeah, that it's not breathing underwater. He can breathe no, underwater because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an Atlantean. It's because mm-hmm. he has little wing things sticking out of his <laughs> fucking booties that he can also fly. Um, and when the first images of this actor as Namor came out, it was the first thing that you and I talked about. Like, oh my God, they kept the little wing things. And I thought, cool design aesthetic, right? Mm-hmm. No yeah. way are they practically going to use these things like little fucking hummingbird things. <laughs> throw this grown man across the sky with but sure enough they are like i'm looking at a screenshot from this thing where he's like whizzing through wakanda like full charging but it's it's so neat i love it so much and um we got uh winston dukes mumbaku giving us a little voiceover narration about Mm -hmm. uh who he is and the feathered serpent Uh, the feathered serpent they call him Kuhu Kalan or something like the way I it would be borderline racist for me to try and do the Wakandan <laughs> accent. I'd be Todd from uh from She Hulk. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Kalan and he's uh, like a real mythological thing that you can look up, and it's neat how they're pulling from real world myth. And I guess this particular thing is something that was actually uh, conflated with a real world ruler, so. Extra fitting for a superhero ruler of a kingdom. Now, <laughs> is he from uh, the outer realm or the nether realm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. There is a Mortal Kombat character that's also that seems to be based on this fucking mythology. Yes, pretty uh, worse somehow. A hundred percent. Talokan is basically the new name for Atlantis, right? Yes, I have no idea on the pronunciation of that. Uh. Neither do I. Um, and outside of all the cool um, Atlantean and Wakandan stuff, we do get some really interesting real world stuff. I've said it on the show before how 
good of an action director Ryan Coogler is. And there's like a little bike chase, car chase mm-hmm. sequence that looks amazing in this little bit of the trailer. And we also get Riri Williams apparently flying around in her little Ironman suit and it looks cool, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like we're going to get much more of her in this movie than I expected to when they first said she was going to be in it, I guess. Yeah. The thing that we were kind of saying they show too much, they they show a Black Panther suit with boobs and a bunch of those little diamond stylings on the mask that match yeah, the makeup. Yeah, it, it's literally theory. Shuri's makeup on this Black Panther suit. So with boobs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still holding out hope that it's Angela Bassett, but yeah, man, I think I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Imagine we see like Winston Duke, like. Getting inside that little <laughs> tiny suit, you know. What and I mean? Imagine it shrinks. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange cast a spell on it. Just throw yeah. people off. What if Doctor Strange is the new ruler of Wakanda? Uh, that wouldn't be inappropriate. No, no. Uh. <laughs> I mean, there's some great imagery in this thing again. Coogler, good at doing that. Um, the shot of the tidal wave coming in over the, the Wakandan the throne. throne room. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's so fucking cool. Um. I don't think I'm going to watch any more promotional material for this. Yeah, I'm going to try to avoid it. Uh, I know my local theater, whenever I go to see it, they'll have a little uh, preview that gives me more info that I don't want to see. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, put my headphones on and scream really loud with my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm stoked on this. And it's coming sooner than later. Like we're less than a month away from Wakanda Forever, which is an incredible thing. The first one, like, you know, was like record breaking and culturally shifting. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny. Like I haven't really, with the exception of Hawkeye, She-Hulk and Shang-Chi, I have in werewolf by night. There's been like 20 properties so far in fucking (laughs) phase four. And I haven't really like loved any of them other than the ones I kind of mentioned, which I just kind of passively like a little bit. Um, I shouldn't say that's an understatement. I like these things. There just hasn't been one like that has blown me away the way it used to. Yes. Yes. I'll, I'll agree with that. Shang-Chi, I think is my favorite of the movies so far. Uh, No question. Just because they took a character that I wasn't already a fan of and made me a fan of them. Sure. Uh, and Same. that's what a lot of the uh, early MCU was doing. Like the Guardians. That was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with Iron Man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's their thing. Um, And the first Black Panther was like, a fucking media tidal wave took over earth. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. So I'm just excited for more of that. I'm excited for the holiday movie season as well. It's something I look forward to every year because it's a wonderful opportunity to start watching the movies that really matter. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of forever will be one of many of those. And hopefully like the blockbuster of the year. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping that it, it's kind of the peak of the phase. Yeah. It's and it'd be very TV nice for the, the last of it, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing the way, it, you know, how are they going to do a Black Panther 2 without Chadwick Boseman? It's like, do the most loving tribute possible to Chadwick Boseman. Have and the whole thing be kind of a memorial tone, kind of. 
Yeah, which is kind of the the vibe I'm getting from this, and I'm yeah. beyond yeah. fucking excited. I am beyond excited to get the final episode of She-Hole colon Attorney at Law, even though I imagine I will be sad once it's over. <laughs> uh, so we will be taking care of that next week. We will also be doing Werewolf by Night the week after that. And then we got a couple surprises um, going on before Black Panther Wakanda Forever. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always email us at mcubeyondinfinitypodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on the interweb social media at uh, the Facebook group, the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group. A wonderful place that Kira Travis and I had started with a bunch of wonderful fellow like-minded Marvelites talking any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, comic books. At pop culture at large, you name it, we're probably talking about it on there. I'm hoping that we'll get some New York City Comic Con news. Um, a couple things probably tonight. I know I'll probably get some bummer news about Star Trek that is going <laughs> at me. <laughs> uh, but time will fucking tell. So we will be back next week for the finale of She Hulk. And until then, I am John. I'm Travis. And happy birthday, Travis. I haven't said it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I almost got to it.